Hello, it's Kathleen. This is Miss Insecure Life. And to be completely honest, it is after 3 a.m. And I figured, why not be productive if you can't sleep? So, um, I'm back. And if I'm going to keep with the honesty thing, almost threw in the towel earlier today. So this is this is my thoughts um, in case you just sort of want to know what I'm thinking for uh, the next iteration of this. Um, some of the changes <laughs> that I'm going to try and implement. Um, ideally, as I said before the hiatus, I would like to do just just a check-in for me. Um, first episode of the month, this <laughs> didn't really work out, um, for my comeback. What? Comeback? But, um, that's sort of where we're going. So anything that's directly my life related that doesn't relate to the episodes themselves, um, or the episode topics rather themselves that I can use as anecdotal information, um, we'll all just be thrown in that first episode of the month and likely as I'll keep it, keep it short, keep it pretty short. Um, although my short might be different than your short because I do tend to listen to all my pods double time. <laughs> that being said, um, I'm not aiming for those to be too long. It's just, um, I started this journey for a reason and I want to keep track of it in some way, um, whether you've been with me from the beginning or whether you're just joining. Um, I want to make this more about um, you and, and yes, my thoughts and ideas and feelings, but less about the actual interactions in my life and more about topics. Um, so that's where I'm going to be changing things up a bit. I might, I might end up doing for the next little while, um, one sort of shorter mini episode a month, um, just poetry or songs or, um, short sort of pick-me-ups that I was doing with the minis already, other than the hiatus minis. But, um, that's what I'm thinking. So you'll get like one check-in episode, you'll get at least one sort of pump-up episode, or just something you can have on your phone if you ever just need to hear how wonderful you are, that sort of thing. And then um, I do want I do want to bring guests in, and that's something I really need to work on. <laughs> truly, truly. Um, it, I'm just gonna be honest. There's the fear, in in that sense, because a lot of, a lot of the recordings, um, will be done, <laughs> long distance. Um, I feel like there may be a few people I can, pull in to, recording with me in person, uh, in Vancouver, but I also don't want to put pressure on other uh, people in my life, in my life, in my life. Um, that support me by listening and just being a friend in my life. So that's, that's, you know, on them and, I, and I'll ask, but I'm not going to push anything, but I've had a lot of interest from friends around the world and I need to get over my fear <laughs> that something will go wrong because look, it's my life. Inevitably something is going to go wrong. Um, and just power through because I know their insights and their experiences are going to be beneficial to you as well. And to fill in probably the majority of the time um, for the next next couple months, I'd like to see sort of more regular guests within the next three months. I think that's a reasonable time period for me to get things rolling, so to speak. Um, but in the meantime, I'm going to change to more, more topic things. So things that may or may not relate to me in any way, shape or form. And 
do a little bit of research and have um, a discussion about how I feel about it, the impact it might have on the world, um, and whatnot. So that is, that's what I'm thinking, and it's, I'm gonna, it sounds funny, and it, it doesn't, sometimes in my head I'm, I get things like really mashed up, um, so the fact that I've called this this insecure life, I feel like I need to tie everything back, um, to insecurity, and this is gonna waterfall into my update, I think. Um, the truth is that is really hard to do that weekly and I feel like we've come up with a lot of coping mechanisms and and as we go through this process I'm definitely going to find more and and so that will be woven in but woven in a little bit more naturally sometimes I feel like I've been forcing where the insecurity comes in or what we can do to help and one sometimes there's nothing you can do to help and two a lot of the times it I would record and, and I would feel okay, um, but then the reading and the experience and really putting my heart and soul into it was doing some damage to myself, I think. Um, <laughs> case case it doesn't come across with all my umming and eyeing, I definitely have a lot that I'm working on, and... I've been working on it for close to a year now. I guess almost a year ago, um, I started going to therapy. And I haven't been for a while because of money. Uh, Canada. Our healthcare only extends to the physical body. Um, so if anyone has tips on some really good low-cost uh, therapy in Vancouver, send me, send me a message because I could definitely get back on that track. Um, but at over, you know, $100 a pop a session, that's a lot, especially because I probably should have been going at least twice a week. Um, but that is, for that was for a lot. Um, it's a lot of money. (laughs) And, um, the other thing I'll say about that is I know it takes time to find the right person. So maybe also I wasn't working with the right person. Um, you go based on what they say on their profile and it seemed like a matchup and it felt pretty matchy when I went in. Um, but you know, six months in I wasn't really feeling any different and what actually helped was was doing this podcast and so I want to I really want to honor the first six months of six seven months I guess of of what this gave me and and where it brought me um but I also need to create space in some ways from making it really about me Because the truth of the matter is, and this is a reminder that I need, so maybe you need it, is everyone has their shit and everyone has their insecurities. Some people are better hiding it than others. Um, And some people pretend like it doesn't exist. And if they can do that and it's authentic to them, then then I say kudos. Um, <laughs> I really need to work on clearing background noises because that's going to be a really fun siren for you guys to listen to. But I hope whoever it is is okay. Uh, when I was doing my yoga training in LA, we were on a main, main road. Um, and we started using... Or, I guess our mindfulness teacher said when he was in New York, he would use sirens as bells of mindfulness. If you don't know what a bell of mindfulness is, it's, it's something that happens that makes you take pause and really be in the moment. And so when he mentioned that, I started doing it at the training because they were so prevalent. And now whenever I hear a siren, it makes me stop a little. <laughs> but yeah, so back on track-ish... Um, 
having to sort of tease out and lay my heart soul, my heart soul, my heart and soul bare each week um, was doing my head in. I would feel really stable and then it would destabilize me. And and so I just want to shift this because while yes, it's it's my insecure life, it's really just life is insecure. And so on that note, and I will probably tear up a little, but I'm going to do my best to not. Oh God, I have such bad vocal fry right now. I'm sorry. But my, um, my maternal grandmother, she, uh, she died about three weeks ago now, two weeks ago, two weeks ago, I guess she went into the hospital three weeks ago and it's a weird place to be because I have already lost both my dad's parents and I definitely felt closer to them. It's not to say that my grandma and I didn't love each other dearly, but it's different. Um, because I have a lot of stuff tied to <laughs> Catholicism. What, what? Catholic guilt? Um, and just that side of the family in general. It, uh was a really, I hesitate to use the word traumatic, but the feelings that swarmed my body after my mom told me was insane. I don't know if I've ever experienced feelings like that before. And This is coming from someone who feels really, really high highs and really, really low lows that have somewhat evened out over the years. Um, But I just feel a lot and usually always. And my grief experience for this death has been like no other. And it was a lot of, I can't be there to help. And my mom and I were in a little bit of a fight when it was all happening. But like, if I could have been, I would have stayed in the hospital with her. But I couldn't. I couldn't give my mom a hug. Couldn't help with catering. When my grandma died on my dad's side... I did all of that. I I organized everything because <laughs> it might not come across like this in this podcast, but I am an action person and I'm a helper and I don't know what to do with my energy when I can't do those things. So weird waves of grief to the point where <laughs> the only thing I could do was to go to the gym And I just cried to the point where everyone was very uncomfortable. But on the stair climber and on the bike, I was sobbing and I probably would have done weights except that there were too many people in the weight area and I'm not good at being patient and waiting for people to do their proper reps and breaks. Um... And crying to the point where, uh, <laughs> I think in retrospect, the, this man actually worked at the gym but was off shift. Um, but regardless, this this man came up and, and I am trying to fall back in love with the gym. So that's something um, I've been working on. So going there was a little bit of a sanctuary in some ways try to move the emotions through my body. Um, I saw something recently that was like emotion and it's just like energy in motion. And I was like, that is really fucking brilliant. Anyways, he like tapped me on the elbow, I think, and asked if I was okay. And I just looked, took my headphones out and said my grandma died and continued to cry. And um, he ended up bringing me over some paper towels and told me if I needed anything, 
which at the time I didn't know if I was sweet or if I was annoyed at. So little, little piece of how my feelings were, um, on that day. <laughs> uh, then I got something for dinner. I don't remember what I made for dinner that night, but it was definitely like a comfort type food. And I stopped at the shopper's drug mart and I picked up, um, some Easter eggs that my grandma always had. So they were like, she had two, one was caramel inside and one was fudge inside or one was peanut butter inside. She usually always got them at the bulk barn, but, um, the brand was being carried by shoppers. So I just picked up one package of the caramels and after dinner, I just sat and ate them (laughs) and that was how I started grieving. So I always get a little bit thrown off when I go home and this visit definitely did that to me as well. Um, the house has been renovated, so it feels a little bit different. Um, Bobbin always comes with me, so Bobbin's my cat. If you are just tuning in, it is cheaper to fly her across the country than it is to have someone in, come in and take care of her. And um, she's good flyer. She does a really good job at just trooping it, but. Um, the visit was hard on her because, again, they have all her scent was gone. Um, there was a lot of new people in the house and people coming and going constantly. And I think she's actually just really happy to be back in my tiny space with all her things. Um, and then I don't, I don't usually sleep when I travel. Um, it's something I would like to work on. So I'm always exhausted, and I was basically exhausted the whole time I was home, but I got to see some some friends and and catch up in various ways, and at one point, I said to my mom, like, I really am quite happy with my life right now, and um, at this moment in time, I'm not sure I can say the exact same thing, which is hilarious, because that was just over a week ago I said that to her and um that's that's how it goes kiddos (laughs) especially if you're me so the other I guess big reason I, I took a break and the things I've been working on is that um how I feel about myself And how that manifests in my life has really not not helped me, (laughs) to put it lightly. And I'm going to try to be kind to myself when I say this. And I'm going to start laughing because I bought myself (laughs) some kindness tokens, um... I guess a week before, probably when my grandma went into the hospital, um, I was feeling low and, um, I ended up buying myself a brand new mermaid doll whose name is Dot after my grandma. And, um, I didn't realize that she actually came with a set of tokens. So there are kindness tokens, um, love, gratitude, friendship, I think, and you give them out to people, um, to let them know that you're thinking of them or if they just need to pick me up. (laughs) And why they make me laugh is I told someone that I was going to, or I had been thinking about purchasing these, um, for my nephews and they just laughed at me and in not in a cruel way but just in like the most infectious 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 um fill your entire being up with lightness like so silly and it's true like what five-year-old would really want this um that's not to say I might 
I might still send a couple to them. I think it, I think the, my one nephew would love them. And I think the other one could really use the lesson, but mostly I bought them for myself and I'm not very good at being kind to myself. I'm way better at looking past and not looking past, but allowing other people to be human. I guess I'll say that. And coming to terms with the fact that sometimes I personally make my life harder than it needs to be. Um, and coming to terms with the fact that um, I did have a full-blown eating disorder and find it really easy to slip back into those tendencies. Um, again, it, almost a year ago, I was, I was really falling back into some eating disorder habits and other self-harm. And it's, it's, it's reared its head in the last couple months. Um, because it has. I don't, I don't necessarily think there's always a reason. It's an easy thing for me to monitor and control. And working with the locust of control um, can be really scary for me because of that, right? I want to be able to control everything, but I can't, but then I choose things that are necessarily good for me. So, <laughs> just realizing that and working through it, um, and admitting it, um, it was something that I had brought up in therapy, um, we had sort of worked on. And so some of that stuff is still in my brain, which has been helpful. So I also threw it out on a couple um, Facebook groups about uh, the, the trauma I actually have when it comes to yoga. So I haven't been able to practice since November um, without some kind of panic attack. Even right now, my chest is tightening. I'm getting dizzy. So talking about it still puts my body into a state of, of distress, which I would really like to change. And so I put it out on a couple boards. And the one board, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit sad that certain people didn't send me messages because I feel like it's a systemic issue based on the amount of direct messages I got of people who have also experienced this. Um, but there were some helpful conversations had and I talked to some someone that I had never spoken to before and we haven't spoken since and she helped me sort of re-visualize what movement can be for me. Because it might not be a strict asana yoga practice um, that makes me feel free anymore because I don't feel safe in those, in those movements. Um, and, and tapping is something I really want to try. So if you know anything about tapping. But I re-upped my gym membership. Um, before I went away, I was in a really good streak. I was probably going to the gym every other day and then either doing like a giant walk or a moderate walk with um, some like YouTube video action or uh, just sort of squats and, and weights and whatnot in my apartment. So the good thing about that is I did notice... Um, and not in, I don't even want to say an increase in my happiness because it wasn't really that, um, but an ease in my being after I went. And how I've been approaching it, because part of my 
eating disorder is orthorexia, which is um, overexercising, <laughs> which is funny, I guess, um, because I, I am a non-skinny person right now. I'm pretty fat right now um, and have been for the last couple years. And that is actually um, part of the recovery, if I'm honest. And I didn't realize that restriction to the degree that I was restricting or or even at all, um, your body ends up getting scared. And so you go back to your set point plus, which means I may never take off this weight I've put on. Even if I intuitively eat, even if I move my body every day, it may just be where it is because I've really fucked up my metabolism. And I don't know if um, body manipulation would be a good thing for me at this point. So to combat that, um, it was something I had discussed with my therapist, as I said, was that she said I shouldn't be doing more than two hours of of exercise sort of a day. So if I went to the gym and went to yoga, then that would need to balance out to to be two hours. Um, Because at the peak of my disorder that no one knew was a disorder, and I still think most people don't, um, was I was was working out, exercising, moving – just to lose weight, tone up four to five hours a day. And that didn't include my two jobs, which were both on my feet action jobs. Um, And sometimes at them, if it was slow, I would do functional movement. So I would do squats or I would do lunges to move rather than walking if there was no one around, (laughs) I should stipulate that. Um, and that doesn't include the fact that I was, I was eating an extremely restricted diet. Um, it was, I don't even know what it would fall into, but my dad, um, is diabetic. And so he was on this diet. And so it's, it's fairly low carb, um, fairly low fat, lots of veggies, lots of lean meat, and that was all I ate, um, to the tune of 1,200 to 1,500 calories, um, and I did that for, for close to a year, um, which seems like a lifetime ago now, um, I had abs, (laughs) like a six-pack, almost an eight pack. So, um, my like squishy belly now is, is a drastic change and it's been hard to come to terms with. Um, and it's been hard to come to terms with, I think, because I was denying it, denying that it was in, it was that big of an issue, but that's where a lot of my insecurity stems from. And so I actually recorded a full episode about this that if I ever set up a Patreon, which I might, um, and I have some ideas for perks that I think would be really fun. Um, but I talked about it. I bought a necklace about the same time. So I'm just going to be straight up, um, about all of this. And and I do apologize if numbers um, are triggering to you. Feel free to fast forward or skip or stop listening. Um, but I'm, I'm five nine and I've been five nine since I was about 11 <laughs> and, um, my mom is the same height as me and she's always weighed around 150 and this is where genetics is wild. I don't remember the last time I weighed 150 pounds when I was 11. I did not. I think I weighed a hundred and like 55, 57, 58, maybe. So at the height of my disorder, um, the lowest adult weight I could get myself to, and it still causes me a lot of, um, physical 
and emotional pain to say it because my goal was always 150. Um, the lowest I could get was 162.5 and that was with that little calories and that much movement. Um, and I know I joke about not having a lot of willpower and a lot of self-control, um, but I do. And I went to a wedding um, at one point during it and everyone was eating cake and all I wanted to fucking do was eat the cake and I didn't eat the cake because I didn't want to put weight on. So it's been a challenge to admit these things, to go, sure, maybe I could have that body again, but at what cost? Because while my mental state isn't great right now, (laughs) it is a hell of a lot better than it was in that state. Um, I was a weird person. I feel like I was an extraordinarily weird person and I don't even know who that person was. Um, and so (laughs) I moved to Vancouver with all of that and I started really practicing yoga again and um, I gained, I gained weight, I gained different muscles, um, and I did gain some fat because I worked in a bakery for a while and they gave you free bread and snacks, so I ate a lot of bread, um, but I, I actually liked that body, it felt good overall, um, it felt strong and, uh, productive, And then, as my friend said, I played with fire, and I got burnt. And so, I I probably weighed about 190 at this point. So I did have fat on me, but I was I'm I do have a more muscular build, and this is um, in relation to you can't even compare yourself to your family because my mom is yes five nine same height as me but our hair is completely different. Um, (laughs) She definitely is a straight line body type for the most part and always has been. Um, And and I've always had an hourglass shape. I've always had um, boobs and an ass and um, it is weird to compare yourself to anyone especially because they're different body types within families and also maybe this is a little bit much but our bodies carry um ancestral trauma right like so all the shit that went through my my mom's side of the family my dad's side of the family it it all landed in my body And then I have my own life traumas on top of it. So when it's at that DNA cellular level, it's going to function different um, than if some of that stuff wasn't there. And, and (laughs) you know, I really should get better at at sourcing things. Um, That will be also on my list of improvements but it's a wild thing to experience shame about about your body and so when I gained um muscle weight and whatnot just from yoga and and just some fat back (laughs) um I weighed about 190 and and felt pretty comfortable in my body if I'm honest um there was occasionally things in the fitting room that just didn't fit me because I did have boobs because I was eating bread. Um, but like if at the end of the day I have to size up because my chest is too big, I'm doing okay. <laughs> and if you don't because 
your chest isn't big, then you're doing okay. Um, clothing is, is such a weird topic and I will definitely just talk about it forever because I used to be able to guess people's sizes. I don't know if I could do it now, but I, I used to be able to guess people's, um, size and weight probably within like a five to seven pound uh, radius from working in retail. So fun fact about me, I definitely could have been a carny. <laughs> Actually, um, a carny guessed my friend's weight wrong at the CNE one year. And then I had previously guessed correctly before because she paid him and, and then I told another friend and then he guessed and it was wrong and then they told him anyways I'm magic and that might be my new slogan <laughs> um so yeah but then um I played with fire and I got burnt and um I started eating a pint of Ben and Jerry's probably every three days uh the people at the corner store knew me very well cute little Asian couple and um, that store is no longer there. But because I was still practicing yoga every day, um, I didn't gain as much as, as I probably would have because I also wasn't being super restrictive at that point in time. I was still conscious about what I ate, but um, less so. Anyway, then I moved home and I gained another 30 pounds. And I went to... Queen's homecoming and uh, was still uncomfortable with this new weight gain body, um, but still was very much getting noticed for just the outside. And this is where I, I, I really struggle and this is where I do need a professional to help me through it because... Mm, it's like, as a woman, I'm only allowed to be, be beautiful and have my body and face and image um, be available for the consumption of men and, and that's what I'm good for or um, to be productive and use my skills for the benefit of capitalism. So there's these two strongly competing things that I'm allowed to be and it seems like that's the case in the world a lot that I'm noticing that this dichotomy effect um, because even as a woman you can't be multifaceted right you're the virgin or you're the whore um, you're not allowed to commingle them you can't be both innocent and sultry it's a weird thing that the world has placed on us and so I bought a necklace that said, and I'm smart on it because A, I can say a lot of dumb things and do a lot of dumb things. Um, I've been asked a lot whether I'm high <laughs> because I just go into rambles about random things that are kind of crazy and you would think they came from someone who was smoking something um but nope that's just how my brain works <laughs> um but it felt really appropriate and the the funny thing is um I met someone that night who commented on the necklace uh which was kind of hilarious because they laughed and I laughed and anyways so um it's, a, it's just been a weird processing things I haven't been processing for years, trying to figure out what my next steps in life are, um, trying to just be content. <laughs> uh, big update, I guess. Not really. Now that you're almost 40 minutes into listening to me update you on the last six weeks, I guess. Um, I, I am my own business for real now um so I I have way more steady income at this point in time with that business I do need to fill in 
a little bit of the gap, but it's um, it's pretty great, and that is something I am extraordinarily thankful for because whoop, my microphone fell over because it does give me, which is again not necessarily good for me, but it gives me space. Um, to really decide whether I want to stay where I am in Vancouver, if I want to move somewhere else. Um, it, there's a lot of opportunity in what, what I'm doing right now. And I feel blessed. <laughs> Hashtag blessed. I have felt blessed and grateful, um, for that. There's just been a lot of other messiness along the way. And so what I started to say was I needed to pull back and give myself that space from, from this outlet, from constantly rehashing my, my stuff um, in a time crunch. I sort of always felt like I was, I was trying to shorten things for you. And I get it. You don't want to listen to content where you're like, I'm exhausted emotionally at the end of it. I get it. I've been there. Um, but I also think it's it's part of this, that I do these updates, I do these check-ins, I let you know, and so that's, that's where this new format I'm hoping will come through. And you don't need to listen to that first episode of the month. If, if that doesn't appeal to you, I'm really okay with that. Um, but... My stuff, my insecurities, my baggage, those dark parts of me, that shadow self, whatever you want to call it, was really, it's become so evident how much it impacts my relationships and my life. And it's exhausting, guys. Like, if you're exhausted listening imagine living my life like that like it's not it's not what I would wish upon anyone but for whatever reason um this is a pattern I've been stuck in and so it was hard for me to say no I'm not gonna do this I'm gonna take this break and um it could have it could have been indefinite I don't want it to be indefinite though (sighs) There is this, this beauty I'm finding in sharing. And not all the time. I've definitely shared and, and felt um, a lot of un- uncomfortableness and upset. Um, because I've either shared incorrectly, because my brain is moving too fast, or... Because I'm not sharing with the right person. And so... You are the right people. (laughs) And... I don't want... To be afraid... To share. When it feels right. And this has sort of also been what I've been trying to do is... Is to shift... How I've moved through life. Um most of my life it has been based on what other people wanted and I, I'm pretty sure I've said this in other episodes where moving through thinking about what everyone else wants what should I wear because of x what should I do because of y um it feels really bad at the end of it when it doesn't come together and you didn't even move authentically when you didn't act as yourself, it feels really, really shitty. And so I still want to be me and I still want to give you that space so that you, you know me and, and maybe, um, we'll interact some more if you want to, um, on all the things or via email whatever works um cuz i think if we all can collectively see that 
everyone's going through stuff. Um, the world might get a little bit better because it's gotten pretty grim the last little while. <laughs> wow, that got dark. I mean, I could, I could, I could keep taking it, but um, I think that I, I am still sorting this out. And I might be sorting it out for a while. Um, and I need to find a way through it. Because I guess that's all, all, all that there is for me to do. Um, <laughs> that sounds so silly. But I'm not. I'm, I'm working on being better at actually processing emotions and not just throwing them up on people because no one really likes that I don't like it it's so funny and I'm gonna get real weird for a couple minutes because this has already been real weird um <laughs> but that's where like my Capricorn sun and my Cancer rising and then you throw in my Aquarius moon and it's like of course I feel all these weird things of course I come off so Cancer rising everyone takes me at this super emotional front facing degree and that's there but if you actually let me settle and I said this to some friends earlier that like and this was in relation to um, a potential relationship type thing. Um, I'm not, I think I come off as, <laughs> this is, whatever. Um, I definitely think people take me as a more high maintenance person than I actually am in reality because of that cancer rising, because my emotions are at the surface they're there they come out my eyes whether I'm happy whether I'm sad whether I'm angry but once I can trust someone once I'm in a steady rhythm once I feel safe to be who I am completely my Capricorn comes out <laughs> and you get that grounding earth presence and I think that with the sensitivity and the empathy that my cancer has is amazing. And I don't hate my Aquarius moon despite it being a really weird fucking placement. But it also makes sense to me because it is easier for me, I think, than most I shouldn't say that. I don't know. I find it really easy to pull myself out of situations and view them um, really objectively. And, and I can be subjective if I need to, if someone asks for that, but I can be really objective in situations and I can feel when the world is in pain and... and um, and that impacts me. And it impacts me for a whole bunch of reasons that aren't related to astrology, if you're not into that. And maybe it's just me making justifications for my personality that aren't really there. But it helps, right? We've talked about it. Labels help. Explanations help. And they're not necessarily things to, that are bad just another tool in your toolbox you might be an artist but you know you start with crayons as a child and then you move on to pencil crayons and then you move on to watercolors and then you move on to paint and then charcoal and then maybe photography and then sometimes you come back and you throw them all on the page at the same time right it's just a fucking tool and so I've been trying to use some of that and tap into this intuition and innate connection I have 
Um, and I think we all have them. It's just to what degree are we actually using it? And I... And I, and I, and I. <laughs> oh, if any of you make it through this, I'm going to send you a postcard. <laughs> Seriously. Um, oh, now I forget what I was going to say. Oh, I got really, I got really upset earlier um, tonight because I really felt like I have been tuning into my intuition and there are truths that made sense based on everything, actions, words, feelings, and today I learned maybe not. And so it's a struggle for me to think that I'm still not there yet. It's still not always correct because I never would have called myself a perfectionist, but the more I read about it, <laughs> the more it makes sense. Um, so... I guess the too long didn't listen version of this is I've been really focusing on trying to to feel more stable and more okay with my being and the things I can do to be okay and not let those waves crash constantly, right? Let the waves be a little bit further out each time and um, sometimes I'm doing okay with that and sometimes it's been really hard but it's been good to have certain focuses and um, if there are any life topics you want to talk about whether it is directly with me we can set up a call and if you want to be anonymous always an option and if you don't want to be on it, but you want to know my thoughts or feelings or stance on something, um, please feel free to send that through because this is this insecure life and it's not just mine. It is yours and your best friends and your cousins and your sons and that person across the world that you've never even met. So let's, let's try and make this definitely more of an us journey and see if that doesn't change things a little. Seriously, if you, if you listen to this end point, <laughs> please message me and I will send you a postcard. <laughs> it can be to a PO box. Um, that's totally cool. But you're a chip. And um, I'm happy to be back if I haven't said that. Thank you for hanging in there and holding on. And whether you listen once or whether you listen constantly, I appreciate it. And I appreciate you and everything you bring to this world. If you want to peace out, peace out. Otherwise, let's take a breath. All right, bye guys.